Hi, my name's Rob Pine. I am the champion of the underdog. Thank you for coming to my new podcast, which you will hear regularly. I'll be talking to my friends, Anthony Mick, and anyone else who listens about all this shit that is going down in the United States. Hello, comrades from wherever you may be. I am going to um, just give you a short reading today. So if you've got time, please listen. It's from Jacobin Magazine. It's a little bit different. It's called Capitalism is Making You Lonely. It's by Colette Shade. So from the top, here we go. Loneliness is a global crisis. According to Britain's campaign to end loneliness, 45% of adults feel occasionally, sometimes, or often lonely in England. In a 2019 poll, 22% of millennials reported they had no friends. The World Health Organization has found that loneliness affected 20 to 34% of older people in places ranging from Europe to India to Latin America. Former US Surgeon General Vivek Murthy called the problem an epidemic in 2017, even before the COVID-19 pandemic and its attendant lockdowns, which have made the whole thing even worse. The problem of loneliness isn't solely an emotional one. A nearly 80-year longitudinal study at Harvard University has found that family, friendship and community are the most decisive factors when it comes to human health and happiness. Taking care of your body is important, but tending to your relationships is a form of self-care too, says Robert Waldinger, the study's director and a psychiatry professor at Harvard Medical School. In a 2015 study, psychologist Julianne Holt-Lunstead found that loneliness is a risk factor for high blood pressure, coronary heart disease, stroke and depression. An often repeated fact from the study holds that loneliness is as bad for you as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Given this information, the loneliness crisis is particularly alarming. Some people blame social media. In the early 2010s, I began to see articles circulating asking whether spending time on Facebook, YouTube and other sites was causing people to stop nurturing their real-life friendships. While excessive social media can be harmful, moderate use can help people stay connected, especially during unique times like COVID-19 lockdowns. And there is a bigger impediment to intimacy anyway, capitalism. In a capitalist system, many people don't have time to see family and maintain existing friendships, let alone create and nurture new ones. It is difficult to make time to see people when you are, for example, working multiple jobs, often with the regular shift times, commuting, caring for children and family members, and doing basic tasks like cooking, going to the grocery store, and doing laundry, sometimes all at once. Social time often necessarily gets bumped to the bottom of the to-do list. Public spaces in which to spend social time for free or cheap are also increasingly rare, 
And when money is tight, necessities get priority. These factors mean that busy social lives are increasingly reserved for those who can afford them. There are, of course, plenty of often touted ways to increase the amount of time you spend socialising. You can improve your time management skills, set concrete dates to see people and always follow up to reschedule when plans fall through. You can meet new people by getting involved with a sport, a religious group or a political organisation. Some variations of join a club is a standard on the list of ways to feel less lonely. But these are individualised solutions to what is often a collective problem. The reality is that there are only so many hours in a day. And for most people, most of those hours are taken up by some form of labour, leaving little time and even less energy left over for friendship. Years of cuts to council budgets have seen spaces like youth centres closing at alarming rates leaving spaces for clubs more and more squeezed. Another problem has to do with the ways in which capital flows, the ways in which capital flows being disrupted. It's disrupted long-standing community ties. In rural towns and post-industrial cities, capital has fled. Young people in these places find themselves pulled to capital centres like London or New York, in order to find good jobs. Moving to the big city doesn't necessarily mean alienation. In fact, for many LGBTIQ people, major suburban centres remain places where they can seek true community for the first time. But massive population outflows tend to be alienating, both for the people who leave and for the people who stay behind. In other cases, community disintegration happens in reverse. People who grew up in city centres are often pushed out by rising rents, scattering to cheaper locales. It's a concept we know as gentrification. They may meet new people in their new communities, but bonds build over the course of years, decades and generations can never be replaced. Beyond relationships of time and space, extreme inequality makes it difficult to have genuine relationships. In the inner level, epidemiologists Kate Pickett and Richard Wilkinson write that humans react strongly to the social evaluative threat, also known as the fear of what other people think. The higher the level of economic inequality, the more we jockey for social status and worry about where we stand in the hierarchy. But healthy relationships are the opposite of this. They require mutual vulnerability and trust. If we want to have a less lonely society, we need to put human needs and human relationships at the centre. Under the existing system, that won't happen. And yeah, I, I thought that article uh, by Colleen Shade, um, who's a social worker uh, and a master's student at the University of Maryland School of Social Work, um, was quite good. You know, we're always talking about the impact uh, capitalism has in terms of 
you know, suffering and access to the things uh, we require, um, you know, and levels of material poverty. But uh, sometimes we forget about the damage capitalism does to our souls. And I include that uh, damage to our relationships and emotions is, uh, is a shocking thing, really. So thank you, comrades, for listening to that. I recommend Jacobin, J-O-C-B-I-N-M-A-G dot com. Um, what a long-standing that institution that's been to socialists, uh, for socialists around the world, an amazing resource. So do bookmark it and subscribe. I certainly have, and uh, it's a small price to pay uh, to keep um, these resources going for us and future generations. Okay, comrades, that's it for now. If I see anything... Uh, a little bit left of center. You can be sure that I'll record that for you and uh, post it here on the social media. Okay, thanks for that and bye for now.